he's brought up on charges, trumped up charges. He's removed from office by a white mob. You have African-Americans who organize to put him back in office, and they're going to be attacked. This is known as the Vicksburg Massacre of 1874 in Vicksburg, Vicksburg Mississippi, and some estimates are between 75 to 300 African-Americans were killed. Now, when we look, when we look at the sheriffs, the sheriffs have more power than the police chiefs because the sheriffs are duly elected and the sheriffs are over a county whereas police chiefs are over a city and appointed by a mayor so he may have been playing but he's playing into white supremacy and racism but this also ties into history so we have to be very cognizant uh when people slip up like this or he may have done this on purpose i'm not exactly sure but this ties into history and, and what we see is we see that many white people not all of them but many white people see power slipping away from them and they're trying to preserve genetic white survival and so when he sees an elected position like this the sheriff go to an african-american and this, this is the first african-american uh to be sheriff of this county many of them can't handle this well that's exactly the case all right y'all um, you talk about can't handle. It's a whole bunch of people uh, who cannot handle 80-year-old Dion Warwick being on Twitter, not giving a damn what folks think. I have been loving her tweets. She's been cracking me up. She joins us right now. Dion, how you doing? surprised at how people are responding to you being on Twitter and being as unfiltered as you are? <laughs> yeah, well, they, anybody that knows me knows that <laughs> that's what I am. I, I say what I have to say. I, I've been, I mean, first of all, I, I'm cracked up at your tweets about the weekend and, Ch and Chance the Rapper. Uh, and and <laughs> what, what got me, people initially said, oh, this really can't be her. Uh, did you have any friends of yours who said, Dion, is this really you? And you had to say, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. In fact, I had to put up a, uh, a a video letting people know, yes, it is me. saying what you want to say and just throwing stuff out there what is it what is it that you like about it you know i'm, I'm getting to know uh some people um making new friends um uh, buying uh the youngsters who are aware of me which is very nice to know and i'm uh, making new friends <laughs> you um and you also uh don't have a problem Letting some folks like Wendy Williams know uh, to mind your business and keep your name out there. You got that right. You got that right. <laughs> I, I laughed the other day when somebody asked, when somebody asked, uh, how did, uh, you know, who told you about this? You like one of the millennials who worked for me. <laughs> you know, it's like everything else. You get to know about everything and everybody. You know, and I think that uh, my presence has uh, kind of um, put a little grown-up business into tweeting. 
you know, it has it has taken on another connotation, I believe. Do you wish you had gotten on Twitter earlier? <laughs> no, uh-uh. I think this is, a, in fact, I think COVID has, has had a lot to do with it, too. It's taken up time, and it's given me something to do. And I'm having a good time doing it. <laughs> I got a panel here. I know they have. I got each one of them going to ask a question. I know they would love to ask you a question. I'm going to start with uh, Candace. Candace, what's your question for Dion Warren? Uh, what's What's been your most interesting response that you've gotten from someone out there, especially in the celebrity world? I'm actually, you know, I had a wonderful telephone conversation with Chance. We had a beautiful conversation. He's a lovely young man, and I'm I'm so pleased to have gotten to know him. Uh, he's um, very conscientious. I am thrilled with the work he does. I mean, he, he's, you know, I, I've said in fact on several occasions that Chicago should be giving him all the support and, and admiration that they could possibly muster for what this kid is doing hey. with home. Hello? Wow. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, Ms. Warwick, this is Michael M. Hotel with the African History Network. How are you doing, sister? I'm fine, honey. How are you? I'm all right. It's good to be on with you. And uh, first of all, happy belated birthday. Your birthday is December 12th, so happy belated birthday. Um, right. No problem. Hey, I, I saw an interview that um, D.L. Hughley did with you, and he asked the question about uh, the music that you did, like... Um, do you know the way to San Jose? And the music that you did was different than a lot of music that African-American artists, R&B artists, things like that were doing at the time. How did you navigate throughout those times in that genre doing music that was different than what a lot of people were used to hearing coming from African-Americans, especially African-American female artists? Well, the songs that were being written specifically for me by two of whom I feel are the most prolific songwriters of our time, Backrack and David. Uh, yes. We were we literally caught the new niche out in the music industry. Uh, we were doing something that no one else was doing. So it, it was completely different. And I think that, that has a, a lot to say about the gravitation people had on every side. You know, everybody did. Our music was for everybody. Right, but you were being your authentic self, and that's why I worked. Absolutely, always am. Okay, there it is. I <laughs> <laughs> Niambi Carter, your question. Niambi, your question for Dionne Warren. Um, I just want to say hello, Miss Work. I'm so honored to be speaking to you this evening. I am a follower and a fan, so um, I have enjoyed you thoroughly on Twitter. Um, Thank you. What made you pick Tiana Taylor for you? You said that's who you would want to, to play you in a biopic. What made you pick Tiana Taylor? You know, my son, Damon, actually saw a photograph of her and uh, had a photograph of me in my younger years and said, Mommy, she looks so much like you. <laughs> and I 
said, really? Because um, I had not seen the photograph that he saw. He, that he saw. And he sent it to me, and, uh, and I got to say, there was quite a resemblance comparing to photographs. Well, I'm glad you all have talked. So you got a resemblance. <laughs> you got you got a re, you got a yeah. resemblance, and she can sing. She can sing. Yes, she can. Oh. And she, you know, she's a brilliant, brilliant. She's an actress. She sings. She's a director. She's um, she she's on it. What can I tell you? Well, Dion, so you're on Twitter. Uh, are, are your millennials going to get you on Instagram, Instagram Live? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Look, you might you might as well do it. Uh, and as I always said, there are two groups of people who can say whatever they want to say and don't matter. That is, people who are five and under and folks who are 70 and over. And they don't <laughs> care what nobody thinks. Uh, and so uh, you keep doing your thing. Uh, I'm, keep, I'm always jamming. Uh, then came you, that love, that great song you did with the spinners. I absolutely love. Yeah. That's what happened when your mom and daddy raised you right. You know what music to listen to. Uh, indeed. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dion Warrior, it is a pleasure to have you on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Uh, you're welcome here anytime, and uh, I will uh, I, I will definitely uh, be always checking out your Twitter feed to see uh, what you got to say next. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, you take care. You do All right, y'all. That is the great Dion. Indeed, that is the great Dion Warwick right here, Roller Martin Unfiltered. Uh, so we're certainly glad to have her here. So let me tell you what happened. So Congresswoman Ayanna Presley sent a tweet out. Uh, and uh, she was, uh, you know, Joy Re and Reed has this uh, thing where she talks about, you know, who won the week. And so she sent this out and she uh, she she said, who's going to get Dion Warwick first, uh, Michael? She said, is it going to be Joanne Reed, Tiffany Cross or Jonathan Capehart? So I responded to her. I said, Congresswoman Presley, I said, you didn't mention me, uh, but uh I'm going to have on Roland Martin Unfiltered tomorrow. I, and right. I, I, fact, I said, uh, yeah, no, no, and I first said, you didn't mention me. Uh, we working on that thing. And then, of course, Emily did. And then I hit, I said, she'll be on Roland Martin Unfiltered tomorrow. So uh, so Dion Warwick was on here before she was on Joanne Reed, Tiffany Cross, and Jonathan K. Park. I'm just, you know, I'm, you know sometimes you got to let folks know, Michael. How you know. Well, you know. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, you had her on first, and, you know, I, I like to see Congresswoman uh, Ayanna Presley on here before. I'm pretty sure you've had her on before, but i like to see her again. So, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes, now, she may not have... She, she, she may not have... She may not have meant anything by it, but uh, she probably did not mean anything by it. You know, I like those people on MSNBC, but we can't forget independent African-American-owned media. We can't forget that, you know. So, uh, but yeah, you you beat them, you beat them to it. You won the week. So, so here's the deal. No, no, no. She didn't mean anything by it. So when I saw right. it, and she and I text, like we text all the time. Uh, right. I just let her know. I said, you know, I said I saw your tweet. I figured I'd go ahead and chime in, Niambi. Just, just you know, sometimes Niambi, you got to remind folk how you can flex. Just you know, sometimes you just gotta remind them. Absolutely, and I would say this, bro. A lot of those same people. On. Like a lot of people you see on MSNBC and CNN and other places started on your shows. So I mean, 
you, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a flex that's warranted. And I think you should say when you've done, you know, you've outdone everybody else and there's something to be said for black folks knowing other black folks talking to other black folks because people do want an outlet where they can come talk and know that they will be appreciated and know that the people on the show don't need any explanation about who they are and what they do and how they're important they come to you because they know who you are but they also know who your audience is and the reach that you have and so I think it's important to remind people that a lot of these folks we see on TV every Saturday, Sunday and throughout the week started on some of your shows Oh, uh, that is very true. Uh, so, Candace is always is always great with folks like Dion Warwick. Uh, you know, uh, they they always respond. I mean, literally, literally, uh, we had her on the show a few weeks ago when they had the COVID uh, relief benefit. Uh, and in fact, uh, my frat brother Brandon Neal reached out to me, uh, and the folks at Bowie State wanted uh, a video. Uh, I think Dion Warwick had done something with them for graduation. He said, hey, Dion want, want to know, can you record a video to the graduate? And I was like, sure. I mean, look, I look, I ain't crazy. Mom and daddy raised you right. When, if Dion Warwick <laughs> call you and say, you know, I would like for you to do something, I mean, you don't sit here and go, well, let me think about it. <laughs> right, that's right. And you know, it's all full circle, too. I mean, she has a place where she can come on at any time, as you said. And that's really important, especially in the black community, like Michael said. I mean, when we think back in the 60s and 70s, black folks has had their own shows that were popular and the first shows that were pe- that had that were coming out of people's mouths. So with, this, with the same token, you have to brag a little bit about what you're doing so that people know what you're doing. Because nobody else is going to brag about you but yourself first. <laughs> and you have to let people know that you are out there. And it also just shows how important these outlets are, and we have to be a part of the conversation. So I understand why you were just saying what you were saying a little bit and say, hey, you know what, check me out, because it's important, because now more people will check you out. Absolutely. So, uh, look, we want to thank all of you folks. We are here uh, at Savannah State University. Literally, the football stadium uh, is just to uh, my left, uh, to your right. Uh, Of course, the folks at Black Voters Matter, they had their Get Out the Vote rally. Uh, They've been having these, all of these socially distanced rallies taking place uh, all over the state uh, in parking lots that allow people to stay in their cars, for them to be able to spread out. And so we've been covering them. Like I said, last Saturday, we were in Macon, Georgia with them. We're in Columbus, Georgia uh, on uh, Sunday. Uh, This week alone, we were at the Warnock Osoff rally that took place uh, in the parking lot at Turner Field on Monday. Then on Tuesday, President-elect Joe Biden was here. We covered that rally as well. We were on the campaign trail uh, with uh, Warnock and Osoff on the first day of early voting. We were with Warnock um, just the other day when he hit yesterday when he hit a couple of campaign stops. We, of course, broadcast last night from Slutty Vegan in Jonesboro, Georgia. And now, of course, we're in Savannah, Georgia. Tomorrow, we're going to be broadcasting from Clayton County. We're going to have a camera crew broadcasting that event from Clayton County. I will be speaking as a guest speaker in Athens, Georgia. If y'all are in Athens, Georgia, or you got family there, tell them we want them to come out uh, to our event tomorrow, <laughs> taking place at 2 p.m. It's a get-out-the-vote effort. Uh, I'm going to be speaking there as well. It's in partnership with a number of different groups, including the NAACP. That's taking place uh, on tomorrow. Then on Sunday, we'll be live-streaming another uh, event taking place uh, to encourage folks to
watch the early vote on Sunday. This is all about our effort, Roland Martin Unfiltered, to be on the ground. Look, it's real, look we could have easily sat uh, in our offices there in Washington, D.C., nice uh, and comfy. Uh, I'm sitting out here uh, in the... I had to put the thick coat on, multiple layers in the boots, the insulated boots, and the thick gloves. It is cold out here tonight, uh, but we felt it was important to bring this kind of information to our audience. That's why black-owned media matters, because we don't have to ask somebody else permission, uh, can we do this? It's about, as the first black newspaper said, Freedom's Journal, in March 16th, 1827 they wrote this in their lee editorial we wish to plead our own cause too long have others spoken for us Ooh. this is about us and then we'll speak for ourselves uh there were no others one media outlet local media outlet she left before kiki uh palmer and colin were here and so we want to be able to bring their words to you that's why we're here we're going to be on the ground in georgia all the way through the, the, the january 5th uh runoff uh date and so, again, encouraging folks to support John Ossoff, Raphael Warnock, as they go against Kelly Leffler and David Perdue. And so we got lots of things that we have going on. And so we thank you for your support. Those of you who have joined our Bring the Funk fan club, I said this uh, on yesterday, day before that, and I do mean it. Our fan base has contributed more than a half a million dollars in 2020 to make this possible they have th that's how we've been able uh to uh get the advanced live streaming equipment to increase our capability to be able to hire additional staff for us to be able to produce a much better show that's what this is all about and so we want to thank we're almost at twenty thousand, folks we're almost at twenty thousand. so our goal is by december 30th by the end of the year december 31st to have twenty thousand folks contribute to our show but we simply ask 50 bucks each so people have given more less people have given more every dollar is cool with us uh and us uh, and of course that's four dollars and 19 cents a month 13 cents a day what this means is this means that we don't have to depend on corporate advertising or corporate dollars we don't have to depend upon large g's i don't have black billionaires or hell white billionaires funding our operation like other people. I don't have black millionaires. This is a show that is for the people. And I'm telling y'all, it has been those donations of $20, $10, $4, $5, $1 provided fuel. The first check we got was from a 92-year-old black woman in Long Island, New York in January of 2018 who said, I watch you on TV One. My daughter follows you on social media uh, because she plays golf, and so do you. And she told me about this digital show that you're launching. She, this sister said, your voice matters, and that's why I want to support you. And she said, in close is a $500 check. Y'all, I was blown away when this sister actually sent that check. I was totally blown away, and I just said, wow, this is unbelievable. And so that's why we created it, and the thing about it is it's here. Our fan base, look, we could we can't afford to send out hats and shirts and all stuff along those lines uh, to 20,000 people. Our fans said, we just want to make this happen. Uh, I've gotten letters. I don't have it with me, uh, but a brother sent me uh, a letter the other day, and he said he was in tears because he always wanted a black news show to support, and he was happy to support our show. And so we thank all of you uh, for doing that. It absolutely matters to make it possible. We thank our panelists, again, Candace, Niambi, uh, and Michael as well for being with us, our panelists all throughout the week. And so it's just, look, our staff, the things that we're trying to build here, folks, 
is something that allows us to be able to take this thing to a whole new level. Look, there's CNN, there's MSNBC, there's Fox News, there's ABC, NBC, CBS, and there's no disrespect to any of the people who work there because we need African-Americans working in mainstream media. But they have to ask somebody else permission. Can I? We don't. We don't have to ask permission. We can just do it. We don't have to sit here and say, can we broadcast from here? We simply do it. That's why this matters. I'm a student of our business. I've studied Frederick Douglass and the North Star. I've studied Ida B. Wells Barnett. I've studied Robert Abbott and the Chicago Defender. I've studied A.I. Scott and the Atlanta Daily World. I've studied Claude Burnett and the Associated Negro Press. I've studied, uh, of course, John H. Johnson and Lerone Bennett and Chuck Stone and, of course, uh, and Ethel Payne and Alice Dunnigan, all of these pioneers of the black press, Vernon Jarrett and others. The reason that black people are here is because we had a black press that was unapologetic in covering our issues. We will not be able to survive in the 21st century if we are simply focused on entertainment and gossip and hoping mainstream media covers us. So I ask you to support our, us, join our fan club, cash app, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered, paypal.me forward slash rmartinunfiltered, venmo.com forward slash rm unfiltered. Zell is at Roland at rolandsmartin.com. You can send a money order to New Vision Media, 1625 K Street, Northwest, Suite 400, Washington, D.C., 2006. Uh, and so you can do that. We always end the show on Friday. Oh, first of all, before I do that, Monday, okay, I was going to fly back tomorrow, uh, late tomorrow night, spend some time with my wife, come back Tuesday, but... Vice President-elect Kamala Harris is going to be here in Georgia, in Sewanee, in Columbus. I'm coming back early for us to broadcast her being here as well. So we will be back uh, on the ground. We'll be here tomorrow, but we'll be back on the ground on Monday with Vice President-elect Kamala Harris here uh, supporting John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. And so that's how we're doing it. Look for us broadcasting this weekend. Also, the National Civil Rights Museum is the last point why this matters. The National Civil Rights Museum Freedom Awards went virtual. They hit me up and they said, hey, can you stream our event? After Ooh. this show, we will stream the virtual awards, the National Civil Rights Museum's uh, Freedom Awards. Also this weekend, we'll be streaming the National Association of Black Journalists, 45th anniversary with our founders as well. And so look forward to that. Another reason why we have Black-owned platforms, where well, we don't have to ask anybody. We're rolling the list of our Charter Club members. Thank you so very much. I will see you guys tomorrow. Athens, Georgia. Holla! <laughs>
of our next guest must strike fear in the heart of you right now because after shutting down his foundation and filing nearly 70 lawsuits against his administration she now has an active investigation into his business dealings that could severely impact him and his family when he leaves the white house please welcome new york attorney general Letitia james Letitia, welcome to the show welcome to the view Thank you. Good morning. Um, and thank you for having me. Uh, we are thrilled. Now, you know who may be working so hard to stay in the White House because he knows he's going to have to be facing a mountain of legal problems once he leaves, including your investigation into his business practices. So please give us the tea. Tell us everything you could tell us within, you know, legal boundaries, because you can't tell us everything. But is this... Is this a lot of work, you think, for you? So let me just say that um, I'm an independently elected official in New York, um, and the investigation that we are ongoing is as a result of the testimony of um, Michael Cohen uh, before Congress. And in that, Michael Cohen testified that, in fact, uh, the financial statements of the Trump Organization uh, include uh, information uh, that, uh, the, that the president, as well as um, some of his children, perhaps inflated his assets uh, so that they can get financial terms for loans and for, and for insurance cor- coverage. In addition to that, they deflated those same assets for the purposes of evading and or avoiding tax liability. Our investigation is ongoing. It is a civil investigation in nature. However, um, there is a criminal investigation that's currently being conducted by the Manhattan District Attorney, Cy Vance, and there is also another civil investigation that is currently being conducted by my colleague and friend from the District Attorney, Attorney General Carl Racine. Our information, um, uh, we have... We're in the midst of taking testimony, um, and as you know, as has been publicly reported, uh, we sought the testimony of Eric Trump, um, and we filed and served subpoenas upon him. Um, and as you know, um, during the campaign season, um, unfortunately, he failed to comply with our subpoenas, and we had to file a motion to compel his testimony, um, and he objected. Uh, we uh, went into court. We were successful because right. our powers in the office of attorney general abroad, um, and he came in to testify. Uh, and we are, and the fact that um, uh, the president is the, that Mr. Trump is the president of the United States um, has really has no bearing on it, our investigation. And in fact, the election right. really has no bearing on our investigation. We will continue our investigation, whether he's president or not. 
Well, speaking of President Trump, he's reportedly about to go on a pardon blitz, and he may try to preemptively pardon himself, which is totally unprecedented. So let's start with this. Can he even do that based on your legal expertise? So he can preemptively um, pardon individuals. Um, And the vast majority of legal scholars um, have indicated that he cannot pardon himself. What he could do is step down and allow the vice president, Vice President Pence, to pardon him. In all likelihood, I suspect that he will pardon his family members, his children, his son-in-law, and individuals in his administration, as well as some of his close associates. And then I suspect at some point in time, he will step down and allow the vice president to pardon him. Now, it's important to understand he is pardoned from federal crimes, but he is not pardoned from state crimes. Last year, I introduced a bill in the state legislature, which would close the pardon loophole so that individuals such as the president of the United States would not evade justice. It's important that we have this check on presidential powers. And in the legislature, the state legislature, I'm so happy they passed that bill. And it is now the law in the state of New York. Um, president Trump cannot avoid justice in the great state of New York. So, so just to reiterate, there's no way a potential pardon for Trump or his three eldest kids would shield them from anything you're investigating. Am I right? That's what you just Correct. said, I believe. Correct. But it's, okay. a, it's important. So, okay, it's Joy, and then... Joy, t- yes. Yeah. Joy, it's important to understand that my investigation is civil in nature. However, in the event that we uncover any conduct or activities which would suggest criminal activities, then that would change, obviously, um, our investigation. It would change the posture of our investigation. And you also intend to prosecute him after he is out of office, correct? Uh, Joy, again, our investigation currently is civil in nature. (laughs) It is not criminal. In the event that we uncover uh, any activity or conduct... (laughs) In the event that we uncover any conduct... Oh, yes. But will you go ahead with the civil suits? Yes, our civil suit will continue, um, whether he's president or not. And so after January 20th at 12 o'clock, our investigation will continue, Joy. video saying, quote, these same people that failed to get me in Washington have sent every piece of information to New York so that they can try to get me there, end quote. And recently, Ivanka Trump tweeted that your subpoena of the Trump organization uh, five uh, for, for records, I believe, related to her consulting fees was harassment, pure and simple. How do you respond to these latest comments uh, from the Trumps, especially that comment from Ivanka? So in regards to her comments, um, the politics stop at the door of the office of attorney general. I have a wonderful team of attorneys that cover the entire state of New York. And our number one mission is to focus on justice and to follow the facts and the law of each and every case without fear and or favor. And with respect to uh, the rant of the president of the United States. Since I've been in office these past two years, yes, 
my office has either led or joined to 68 lawsuits against this administration, Ooh. protecting our environment, protecting immigrants, protecting the rights of women, protecting dreamers, protecting the Affordable Care Act, protecting the Postal Service, and the list goes on and on, protecting the census, standing up and making sure that we have an accurate and fair count so that all individuals will be counted, regardless, uh, regardless of their circumstance. And it's important that individuals understand I have a duty and an obligation to stand up and to defend one thing, and that is the Constitution and the law. I took a sworn oath to do that, and I will continue to do that. It's important that the President of the United States understand that, that no one is above the law, including the President of these United States. And I would urge him to act more like the late John F. Kennedy, who basically wrote a book which indicated that this is a country of immigrants. Or how about FDR, who basically stood up and rescued our country at a time of financial ruin during the Great Depression. What we need from this president is an FDR moment, but I doubt we will get it. And so I look forward to working with the next administration, an, in, an administration which I'm confident will follow the law. And I look forward again uh, to sending to them, along with my colleagues across the nation, attorney generals who have stood up and defended democracy each and every time. And in all of our cases, we have won about 80% of those cases. And attorney generals, particularly, I might add, Democratic attorney generals, often don't get the credit. But they should get the credit yeah. because they have been the sole backbone of the of democracy in these United States over these past so, four years. Our new house is amazing. There is a bit of an issue with our neighbors. Whoopi Goldberg, Sunny Joy, and the other lady, Sarah, from The View with New York Attorney General Letitia James, and they were talking about Diaper Donald and his unlimited never-ending lawsuits. And let's hear Mary Trump. The White House Tuesday night. Trump floated the idea of a 2024 run. He said, I'll see you in four years. Do you think this is something he's seriously considering, or was he talking about being on Dancing with the Stars? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something I really don't want to see. Um, but I guess I'd rather see that than a 2024 run. I, you know, aw awful choice. Um, that's a very low bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is indeed. Um, I, I think it's preposterous. I think that this initially was probably an idea that was floated to him in order to assuage his wounded ego after he so decisively lost to President Biden. Um, and I think it's something he clings to as a way to maintain his relevance, which I suggested earlier is going to wane precipitously after the inauguration. And I think it's a way to keep himself at the center of things. My hope is that the media doesn't fall for this nonsense. Um, there are several reasons Donald won't run. Uh, 
one of them, and perhaps the most important, is that he may be facing some serious charges at the state level. Plus, there are some lawsuits that he will have to uh, grapple with. And, of course, there is his financial exposure. So I, I don't I don't see that happening. Well, even though uh, Trump has lost the election, he has, in my view, transformed uh, the GOP in, in so many ways. Do you think that he'll remain a vocal force in the political world? What do you think his next career move is after he leaves the White House? A TV channel? Is he going to cash, uh, want to cash in on all of this? I think the problem is that he hasn't transformed the GOP as much as he's revealed its true nature. Yep. So I don't see the party changing anytime soon, which is a tragedy for all of us. Um, so Donald will absolutely try to contr maintain control uh, because that will give him uh, continue to give him some measure of power. I don't. I think he's much more likely to pursue something in the media, though. That way, he can keep the the spotlight trained on him at all times and just narrow his focus to his most fanatical followers. Mary, you've been very vocal about the administration's response to the coronavirus pandemic, which you say is horrible because of the way this president sees illness. What did you mean by that? In my family, uh, weakness was considered like the worst possible thing. So, you know, most people did anything they could in order to pretend that they were strong, uh, no matter what was going on. And by weakness, I don't just mean weakness of character. I mean, uh, being sick made you weak. Um, having uh, something like alcoholism, which was my dad's problem, made you weak. So Donald can't bear to be associated with any kind of illness because he thinks that that in turn makes him look weak. So he had to downplay it from the very beginning. He's still downplaying it. And, you know, we just look at the way he kind of politicized mask wearing. People who wear masks are somehow lightweights. You know, they're not tough enough to face down this invisible virus, which is, it's not just absurd, it's, it's dangerous beyond comprehension. As you guys pointed out earlier, over, almost 3,000 Americans died yesterday. This is, this is beyond comprehension, and it's only going to get worse. So we need to start wrapping our heads around that one. So, again, it's really um, – it's not just Donald, although, honestly, if from the very beginning he had said wear a mask and had worn one himself, hundreds of thousands of people would uh, survive. Um, but it's also GOP leadership who's just following his lead and continuing to do absolutely nothing. So, Mary, you announced recently that you're going to be writing a second book about America's trauma. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Yeah, uh, you know, obviously we've all uh, experienced the stress and trauma of COVID-19, whether it was just through uh, the fear of it um, or the economic hardship that has hit us. A lot of us, uh, of course, disproportionately, just as the virus has affected certain vulnerable populations disproportionately. So I actually start with the history of this country. This country was born in trauma. Uh, the twin traumas of the genocide against the native population and the genocide of Africans, the enslavement of African-Americans for 400 years. And these are traumas that we not only haven't atoned for, we haven't 
barely acknowledged them. So by failing to hold people accountable for the horrors inflicted upon a, a certain populations historically, we have become a country that is vulnerable to people like Donald. So um, I kind of take a broad view, but then I narrow my focus on the coming mental health crisis that's going to be facing us once we get through COVID-19. Very good. You have a follow-up? You know, know, I don't have a follow-up. You know, you're a shrink, and I have a shrink question for you. Mm -hmm. And I know you haven't had him on the couch, but in your opinion, is the guy crazy? Is he crazy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, well, I, that's a really technical term, so I'm not entirely sure how to answer the question. Let's put it this way. You he know what I mean. Serious. Yeah, I do indeed. Uh, yeah, he has serious psychological disorders, which, you know, wouldn't have been of any interest to us if he had no power and if he didn't have the ability to inflict pain on other people. Uh, the biggest problem for us now is that because of those undiagnosed and untreated uh, disorders um, uh-huh. and his appalling lack of empathy i you know people are dying unnecessarily every day children were stripped from their parents and incarcerated for no reason so um you know the horrors that he's inflicted upon us with again the permission and enabling of the gop um makes the fact that he is as you say crazy uh all of our problems that's right and there you have it y'all many thanks to mary trump can't wait to read the next book it's official holiday